Hey friends, I have one thing to ask of you before this podcast begins. My heart behind my podcast is for it to touch as many women as possible so that they can grow in their faith and know that they are not alone on their journey to heaven. I can't do this without your help. So I want to encourage you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share today's episode with just one friend who you think would grow by listening to today's conversation. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this. Hello, Father Robert, and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here, Um, and you are our first priest to ever be on the podcast, so this is super exciting. So welcome. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yes, I'm excited. So before we dive in, would you introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit of your hobbies and um, where you serve as a priest? That would be awesome. Sure. Uh, So I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Anchorage, Juneau, up in Alaska, uh, kind of south-central Alaska. I'm serving currently in Kenai, Alaska, Our Lady of the Angels Parish, and Soldatna, Alaska, Our Lady of Perpetual Help Parish. And uh, I'm the parochial vicar here, so I serve with another priest who's the pastor, and I'm a full-time student at the University of Mary. And uh, what was your other question? (laughs) What are your hobbies? What do you enjoy in your free time? And uh, so in my, I don't have much free time these days (laughs) while I'm balancing school and uh, parish work, but... um, I enjoy spending time, especially with my family when I can. Uh, also, uh, I enjoy traveling. I enjoy reading. I'm a, an amateur Civil War buff. Uh, <laughs> really enjoy studying that. Yeah. And yeah, just love awesome. the outdoors. We have a beautiful state here, obviously. I love to yeah. go on hikes and enjoy that as well. Not that's in the winter. So awesome. <laughs> <But>. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so fun. I hope to someday get to visit Alaska. I hope to make it to all 50 states, but Alaska's sometimes like, it's a long ways away from the states. So um, yeah, super excited and great to get to know a little bit about you. Um, so yeah, you're joining me for a part of our saint series for June. Um, and so the saint you chose and that um, your friend and my friend Paige um, connected us. And so you said, she said you're super passionate about Saint Jose Maria Escriva. And so I don't know if I've ever heard of him. And so I'd love to get to know about him. So would you please um, tell us kind of who he is and what his life was about? Sure. Yeah. So Saint Jose Maria uh, was born in 1902 in uh, the town of uh, Barbastro in Spain. And he was um, the second of six children. His parents were really faithful Catholics. Um, he lost actually three of his sisters uh, very early in their in their lives, and so there was a lot of sadness, um, but also a lot of joy in his in his family. Uh, he himself almost died, and his mother dedicated him to the Blessed Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, and he was really he miraculously uh, survived uh, mm-hmm. thanks to our mother's intercession. And uh, later on in his life, he um, um, became a priest. And uh, in 1925, he was ordained a priest. Mm-hmm. And he is probably most well-known uh, as the, the founder of Opus Dei, uh, which is a, um, a personal prelature, technically, but it's a, um, 
of a, a way of uh, lay spirituality in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, about, oh, not quite 100,000 members today, somewhere between 90 and 100,000, I'm guessing. About 2,000 yeah. of those are priests, maybe 2,500. And uh, he was founded in 1928. Uh, God showed mm-hmm. him, he said, Opus Dei, a way of sanctification in ordinary life is what he would probably define it as. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So um, what do you want to explain a little bit of what he founded? We say Opus Dei. Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. What, it, what is that? Um, you know, is that something that people can, you know, become a part of? I'd love to hear kind of like what his mission was behind that. Sure. So um, just to give you a little bit of context, maybe yeah. uh, for one, he you can probably imagine he, he lived through the Spanish Civil War, which was a really mm. crazy time of... Uh, yeah high tension of politics and uh, warfare. Many of his brother priests were killed simply for being priests. Uh, And a very turbulent time for a while. He had to kind of go, basically go into hiding and wear disguises, even hit himself in an insane asylum at one point. Uh, And eventually his, um, his friends, the early members of, of, of Opus Dei, which is means the work of God. Uh, Sometimes it's just called the work for short. Uh, They actually had to, help him to escape over the mountains, over the Pyrenees uh, to, um, to survive. Uh, and, and eventually he made his way back. And then later in his life, he, he moved to Rome to help establish and, and help Opus Dei to spread. Uh, he, so that's kind of the, I would say, um, secular goings on in his life were largely marked by this, by the Spanish civil war earlier in his life. And then also kind of ecclesiologically or in terms of the, where the church was, uh, before the Second Vatican Council, uh, there was a lot of um, unfortunate debate about whether or not really everyone was called to holiness. And I think we take it for granted now, uh, thanks to the Second Vatican Council, which definitively declared that everyone is called to holiness. Yeah. Uh, but before the council, it was kind of thought by many uh, that uh, holiness is really kind of for uh, priests and religious, you know, monks and nuns and stuff. And it's sort of, if you're not that, lay people, you kind of have to enjoy this, uh, the stew of mediocrity when it comes to uh, the spiritual life, which of course is not the actual tradition of the church, um, but had sort of crept in. Now, Jose Maria, uh, this was kind of his, really one of his missions was to, to really proclaim this, that truly everyone's called to holiness. And if everyone's called to holiness, they need to be able to find that holiness uh, in their in their own life, wherever, whatever walk of life they're in, as a as a mom or a dad, a parent, husband, wife, factory worker, engineer, whatever line of work you're in, uh, yeah. to be able to sanctify your work, to be able to have by offering it to God, have your work sanctify you, and then sanctify others by your work. Yeah. And he would take as his uh, kind of model of this, of course, our Lord, who worked yeah. silently for most of thirty years. You know, the Lord's hidden life. We know that whatever Jesus entered into, he sanctified. And so uh, by working, uh, working well uh, with excellence and offering that uh, to the Father, uh, Jesus sanctified work and opened it up for us as well to be a way of a means of sanctification. Also St. Joseph, of course, and, and our Holy Mother Mary. Um, and so Jose Maria really declared this. And as I said, it was a point of contention, unfortunately. So it wasn't always received well. He he did experience some, um, I don't know if you could call it persecution. Maybe I, maybe I would call it that, um, disagreement. 
<laughs> he was called some names, uh, like a Protestant and, and other things. Yeah. Um, but he just was a very joyful um, and obviously holy uh, man. And mm-hmm. so he just continued that work of God and said, um, Opus Dei is, is today uh, a way that many people find holiness in ordinary life. Mm-hmm. You'd probably know some people who are involved, like Scott Hahn, for example, yeah. um, and, uh, and, and many others uh, who have found St. Josemaria to be a great spiritual father. That's so cool. I love, I love just the way you explained it and what it is. And I mean, really that's, I mean, how we're called to become saints is through, you know, uh, answering the call daily that the Lord gives us um, to become saints. And so we have the opportunity to be holy. So I, it's so cool that, I mean, was that about a hundred, almost a hundred years ago, just under that, um, that he started this and really, um, you know, started this, I don't know if you want to call it a movement, you know, um, of really telling people that, yeah, even though you're you know, not called to priesthood, if you're called to be a mom, you still have the opportunity to be holy. And I think it's just a reminder we all need, uh, especially me, of like, I have the, the, the choice to be holy every day. Um, and so what a cool, cool, cool thing that he has, he started. Um, and so I guess the next question we kind of have that I know I didn't share with you, but um, what is he like the patron of, and if you want to share about like his death or anything maybe else that happened in his life, feel free. Sure. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's actually the patron saint of diabetics. Oh, <laughs> he himself was a diabetic and was, um, it obviously hindered his work quite a bit, as you can imagine. Yeah. His weight fluctuated radically in his life. Um, mm. See, sometimes he's very skinny. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it really did take a toll on him. And he really, he asked the Lord and our, and our blessed mother to, to take that away so that he could do his work. And he was actually miraculously healed of diabetes completely uh, towards um, in, later in his life. So he is the patron saint of diabetics. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, uh-huh. He'd be a good friend That's of those cool. people. But uh, also yeah. just more broadly, um, he's obviously the founder of, of Opus Dei and the, they're sort of because you can call him patron saint as, as the founder and also just of anyone who is trying to find holiness in ordinary life. He's a great model for that. Um, he would teach that, you know, in the eyes of God, nothing is great or small. Everything gains the value of the love which is put into it. And so whether you are, uh, an emperor, uh, prince or pauper, uh, it really doesn't matter in the eyes of God, you know, uh, taking care of your baby as a mom uh, there's, there may be more love in that than yeah. someone who's doing what the world would call great things. Mm. So in the eyes of God, the former would be of more value. And yeah. so uh, I think that's really an important key to understanding St. Josemaria. He definitely uh, kind of saw before the Second Vatican Council finally declared it, uh, that way of holiness. I mean, so St. Francis de Sales gave us a spirituality uh, for the laity. Uh, he's known for that. Uh, and what he did was he basically took sort of ascetical teachings of religious life and he applied it to the laity. St. Josemaria took it a step further and he gave us a lay spirituality, one that's actually proper to the lay faithful. And uh, basically from Pius XI all the way through Pope Francis, the popes have uh, have advocated strongly for this spirituality and and by name uh, have praised St. Josemaria and his work uh, and Opus Dei. And, and so our current Holy Father is uh, very close to Opus Dei and 
a great fan as well of, of St. Jose Maria. That's so cool. So uh, as far as his life goes, he was canonized in, on the, the year of the centenary of his birth in, 19, in 2002 mm-hmm. by St. John Paul II. And he's one of the few statues around the backside of St. Peter's Basilica. They, they have these huge colossal statues. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the ones kind of holding up the church uh, yeah. there. So very, very important saint, I think, in terms of ascetical theology or, or spiritual theology yeah. uh, to focus yeah. on. Yeah, that's so cool. And I also love that he's a recent saint too. Um, I have a few other saints that are, we actually have a um, St. Pope John Paul II saint series episode in this series. Um, but I love getting to, you know, be like, really, you know, he was only a hundred years ago on the earth, right? Um, so just kind of like reflecting and he was a recent saint um, and he did live through, I mean, a lot of the things that some of our, you know, grandparents and parents did, um, and so I just think that's really cool of um, that he is a recent saint and that that his works and his teachings and what you know the Lord created through him is still existing today. Um, and I love how you also mentioned that the, every pope has you know supported his you know his works, and I think that's um, super cool <laughs> um, and makes me want to go even, learn even more um, about um, all that he did. Are you a bride-to-be and currently find yourself overwhelmed with all the aspects of wedding planning? Girl, I was there too. Don't worry. I remember the wedding planning phase and it was a lot to do. But look no further. I have something perfect for you. White Lily Weddings is a Catholic wedding planning company with a team of planners all over the United States. Marie, the owner of White Lily Weddings and her team, are passionate about creating a day that magnifies the goodness of God and emphasizes the sacramental graces in marriage. You can learn more about their Catholic wedding planning services at whitelilyweddings.com or visit them on Instagram at white.lily.weddings. All of these links are in the episode description. And so have you encountered um, St. Jose Maria in like any personal way? Has he, um, you know, kind of been just a saint you've loved throughout your entire life? Or um, I'd love to know how you've um, kind of gotten to know him, um, you know, throughout your life. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I, I can remember the day really that I uh, first encountered him. I was sort of struggling. It was before I was in seminary. Um, I was struggling a little bit. I have some um, family and friends who are, um, I was just say, very, very traditional, in, including mm-hmm. some in the Society of St. Pius X. And I was struggling with that and which kind of direction to go and, and ter- with my life. And yeah. uh, I was struggling to find uh, a saint maybe who really would challenge me. The saints all write really beautifully uh, and it's very all their work is very inspiring. Obviously, yes. Saint Jose Maria. I was in a little bookshop, which is I think now closed in downtown Anchorage. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this book in I think it was in the travel section. It wasn't even in the right section. And I saw the name Escriva, which I I just it struck me. I thought that I'd seen the name before on the spine. And so I I grabbed the book, and on the front cover is uh, someone at the forge. So, so it's a, in fact, I can just show you it, right? <laughs> Podcast people won't be able to see it, but you can see it. Yeah. It was this book here, The Forge, and uh, kind of a strange cover. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I opened it up, and 
I, I read the first, um, the very first point in it. We are children of God, bearers of the only flame that can light up the paths of the earth for souls, of the only brightness which can never be darkened, dimmed, or overshadowed. The Lord uses us as torches to make that light shine out. Much depends on us. We respond, many people remain in darkness so no longer, but will walk instead along paths that lead to eternal life. And this, it's a, it's a hard-hitting book. He, uh, he has three books that are similar in, in content and nature, the, the Way, Furrow, and The Forge, and they're all points of meditation. And some of them really are, they kind of stop you in your tracks. They really, um, they're, they're points for meditation, so they're, in, they're meant to lead you to prayer. Yeah. And uh, as I said, some of them are very challenging. I, I found myself, uh, well, challenged, obviously, and really called up. And it was in a really important time in my life when I was discerning what the Lord wanted to do with my life, what he wanted me to do with my life. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I encountered him was through this book. And then later uh, he helped me to see the church and to truly and really trust the church and to have a love uh, for the Pope and for souls that I um, – I was not able to have at that time. So yeah. He's helped me to grow in that way. That's crazy. That's so cool. It's cool. I mean, like, you know, how you had mentioned that the book was misplaced about how, like, I just think of the intentionality of the Lord in every little detail of like, you know, just like that, the book that, you know, he wanted you to see, <laughs> although you didn't maybe want to travel to the other section of the store or was just in the you know wrong spot. It's crazy how, something can be misplaced, but it's there because like the Lord wants us to encounter that. And he knows like, we'll see it. So that's really cool. Um, so I'll also leave that book um, in the episode description. If anyone wants to go check it out, um, I'll leave the title and um, things down there in the description. Um, but yeah. So cool about how, um, you know, that one little encounter with the book and then getting to later know him as a saint and getting to learn more about him. And I think that's how, I mean, the Lord works in and how we encounter saints in our lives of we have this one random encounter of like, whoa, you know, maybe it's through a book or through a person or through, you know, a statue at church that stands out to you. And then from there, we're like, wait, who is this? And then we get to know their story. And it's crazy about when we learn about the saints, then, you know, maybe one particular one. And then it's like, oh, like I relate to him or her so much. And we get to learn through these very holy people. Um, who are also human and who walked the same earth we do um, and get to learn and, I mean, pray with their intercession. Um, so I love the saints, hence the reason I'm doing the saint series. Um, and so I like to um, ask this question. Do you have a favorite quote by um, St. Jose Maria that stands out to you? I do. And in fact, our mutual friend Paige, uh, Paige and her husband, Christian, were two of my dearest friends. They, uh, they gave me this quote on a wood, kind of a wood burned thing. So I have it kind of emblazoned uh, outside my room, but it's yeah. from his, uh, if you were to just read maybe one thing of his, he gave a homily in 1968 called passionately loving the world. And he gave it at a university for university students. Um, it was actually in 1967 that he gave the homily October 8th. But from this is uh, it kind of, sh it kind of teaches his, summarizes his spiritual outlook. And so I'll just share this one quote with you. 
I assure you, my children, that when a Christian carries out with love the most insignificant everyday action, that action overflows with the transcendence of God. That is why I have told you so often and hammered away at it that the Christian vocation consists in making heroic verse out of the prose of each day. Heaven and earth seem to merge, my children, on the horizon. Where they really meet is in your hearts when you sanctify your everyday lives. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love that. That's like amazing. I don't know. I'm just at a loss for words. I, sometimes you read the, the writings of the saints and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that's so beautiful. Um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so um, this is the first time this question will be answered by a priest friend. So I'm excited. Um, so what is one piece of advice that you want every young Catholic woman to know? So um, I ask this to everyone. This can relate to um, St. Jose Maria or just a letter or a note from you um, to us as women. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, certainly, I mean, uh, St. Jose Maria, would, uh, he, he had... Uh, was shown by God that women should be part of the work also. Originally they, they weren't. Um, and I th and then afterwards, of course, he saw that God knew what he was doing as usual and the, the work was able to thrive. And in fact, uh, women are in, in the leadership of, of Opus Dei as well. I think just uh, from my encounters with women who are part of the work, uh, they're very comfortable in their own skin. You know, they're, they're feminine. Uh, yeah. And, it's really refreshing. I think it's a difficult time right now for, um, in the world and, and maybe in particular in our country, uh, so many of our young people are not comfortable in their own skin, you know, and uh, there's a lot of shame in the culture, uh, and of course, you know, obviously racism and misogyny and these really s sinful uh, outlooks. But yeah. I would say to women, just um, be who God made you to be, and and be joyful because. Uh, you know, women are, are absolutely, obviously necessary, not just for the continuation of the species or anything, but, yeah. but truly they, um, women give to men something that men do not already possess. Mm -hmm. And also to keep in mind that, that men give something to women that they don't already possess, right? That this complementarity is yeah. written into nature, that we both have human dignity, which is equal, but yeah. also we have sexual difference and importantly, this complementarity. And that's something to rejoice in. So uh, women should look, especially to our Holy Mother Mary. There's no better way, uh, no better woman, uh, yeah. mother or a friend that we could have. So I think uh, that would be my advice, really. And pray the memorare. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so good. And I've, I've had other people kind of even mention that. I mean, I've only had female guests on the podcast, but um, just hearing that from... Um, you know, a priest in reminding us of, of our worth in um, the world of, you know, sometimes like you had mentioned society's just wonky and crazy sometimes and that, um, yeah, we have to just embrace who we are and the, the gifts and talents we have um, because that's what, I mean, that's how we're going to get to sanctification is if we can really embrace who we are and serve with the gifts that God gave us and not try to alter our gifts or our looks or our talents or things to do something else that maybe we feel we're called to do, right? Um, so that was a great piece of advice. I'm super thankful that you shared that. Um, so 
Um, yeah, it's been such a great conversation with you today. Um, and thank you for joining me um, and sharing your passion about St. Jose Maria. It was such a joy. Great to be with you. And God bless your work. It's, it's very important. Keep it up. Thank you. Hey, girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.